Hello, my name is Glenn Cooper. I'm a podcaster. I also make a lot of TikToks. That tiny rat lip-syncing to Miley Cyrus's Wrecking Ball? That was mine. In 1984, I went down to Greenwich Village, New York City, to a video rental store called Blockbuster Video. Don't look for it, it's not there anymore. But that night, I rented a film that, for me, redefined cinema. I remember being knocked out by the film's comedic genius, innovation, and compact runtime. That film was the now legendary This Is Spinal Tap. 37 years and countless viewings later, Tap is still growing strong, having earned the distinction of one of cinema's most rentable films. When Chris and I started this podcast, we knew we needed to discuss this important film. So when the opportunity came around, we jumped at the chance. We wanted to share the humor, the talent, and the visuals of a well-crafted film establishing a genre. And we got that. But we got more. A lot more. But hey, enough of my yakking. What do you say? Let's podcast. Welcome to Movies Will Save the World. My name is Glenn Cooper. I'm Chris Peterson. And today we are discussing the 1984 cult classic, although frankly I would just say classic movie, This is Spinal Tap. Uh, this was my pick for, gosh, Chris, what did I call it? Like best fake, mo- or f- fake movie based trying to be a real story or something yeah. like that. Anyway, yeah. mock- and, and, mockumentary. <laughs> Yeah, and it's one we've ne- neither of us have ever seen, so this will be interesting to talk <laughs> about this mysterious movie. Yeah, the, the strange thing about this movie is, at the, the, although I had never seen it, I could immediately quote every line from it. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> it's it's yeah. just that steep in our collective <laughs> unconsciousness. Well, yeah, the cultural impact of this movie is actually something I want to get to because honestly, that could For be sure. true, you know. <laughs> but uh, oh, it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But yeah, I you know I know that there have been other sort of movies, you know, that are technically you know mockumentaries that that precede this movie. But I really think that this movie, Spinal Tap specifically, really either launched or relaunched the genre. I mean, you have so many movies that follow that kind of, you know, play in the same footsteps. All of the Christopher Guest movies that follow, obviously, um, and so many other... um, Gosh, even, you know, you see it a lot in television today, shows like The Office, right, where it's sort of that fake documentary format. I mean, it's really kind of (laughs) taken over so much of of media. I feel like it's dying down a little bit, and it's probably for the better, but, um, yeah, I think this movie really (laughs) kind of kicked off the trend from my perspective. I was thinking about the like the idea, like what other, because um, it feels like it's the first one, but there were yeah. a few others. Like the, the only one that comes to mind is um, Eric Idle's The Ruddles. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. I don't think yeah, I ever but that's, did. No, but that's that's specifically a Beatles parody. It's <laughs> not about like. I mean, th- it's just everything. It's like rather than magical mystery tour, it's tragical mm-hmm. history tour you know so they just <laughs> but this is this is on a much bigger yeah um and and maybe that's 
it's a, it's so strange that this movie, like from mm-hmm. the '80s, I mean, is still like, yeah. It, it and I think a lot of people don't know. Like, I mean, I don't want to take away the most, basically the most famous <laughs> reference from this movie. I'll, I'll uh-huh. leave you to say that, but that's like shows up in everything. I mean, people just it, say that now. Yeah, well, we may as well say it, right? It's this goes to eleven. Um, exactly, which and, which and I want to talk I read about that places and yeah. s- hear people saying, and you know, I'm not sure mm-hmm. <laughs> people could reference that 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 uh, magical scene in the movie. We sound so old, these kids these days, not knowing <laughs> where their references come from. <laughs> Listen, I I'm old enough. I remember when it was in the movie theaters, and friends yeah. of mine actually saw it in the movie theater. And I pretended like I did that told them that, I had, <laughs> but I had not. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask you actually to start. Like, do you remember the first time you saw this, and what what was the uh, uh, context, or, or how did you learn about it and see it, et cetera? Yeah, so like I remember when the commercials <laughs> would play on TV. This, <laughs> you know, it's not called Spinal Tap. It's this is Spinal Tap, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And and of course I didn't. It, Watching it uh, just first via commercials, you didn't, you couldn't, like, I couldn't tell that it was like a fake movie, uh-huh. right? Yeah. I didn't know. Um, until then, oh, I, I can't remember the time span, but they played mm-hmm. on Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. as the live act. Hmm. Um, and I remember then kind of it clicking that this was a joke thing and <laughs> yeah um they did um interviews and 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 things like that but i did mm-hmm. even then thought it was hilarious and i didn't oh, know yeah. anything about like the rock references <laughs> that are throughout yeah the movie you know right. none of that all that stuff like missed me but i saw it pretty mm-hmm. you know it was one of the early <laughs> vhs mm-hmm. uh, rent <laughs> renters that i mean mm-hmm. i remember renting the tape with my friends at a birthday party and yeah we just thought it was funny even though maybe we didn't know why it was funny it was kind of like you know watching um the holy grail or something you know it's just oh yeah it just it's line after line scene after scene of just <laughs> awesomeness yeah no it's it's funny on so many levels right so it's funny if you right. know nothing about music and and references it's funnier if you yeah. know about music and it's funniest if you get all of the the callbacks and references to other bands and and the whole genre etc um yeah because like just some of my notes this time we're just watching it thinking okay that's a nod to mm-hmm. you know this band and this mm-hmm. band and i'm sure there's so much deep stuff in there that they were using that of course yeah. you know we mortals can only <laughs> aspire to uh-huh. but just that's i think that's what makes it so and the other part is that it was done like so <laughs> lovingly and with like right. oh, it yeah. just like that one song um shoot i cannot remember it's the one where derek smalls is stuck in the pod thing what's oh. why yeah, can't that's... i not remember the name of that song that is um, rock and roll creation. <laughs> yes, rock and roll creation, and they have that little like, um, <laughs> they have they have that little homage to Bob O'Reilly, right uh-huh. in the middle there. I, mean, yeah. I just thought, <laughs> and oh, that's what, that was that was so brilliant. 
Yeah. Oh my God. I know. I, I kind of think we should, uh, part of this is sort of like walk through song by song as well. almost, you know, but, maybe, um, maybe that's, I don't know what <laughs> yeah. the rise and fall and rise again of this band. <laughs> so I saw this movie. The first time I saw this movie was with my parents and, um, <laughs> and my, my parents were both musicians and you know they saw it and they loved it and they thought really? it was so, oh yeah they thought it was oh, so funny awesome. and they got all of these you know references so my first experience was like sitting down with my folks and watching this and they would sit there and be like so see this part's funny because x y and z uh-huh. so like i oh, had a good. tour guide on my first viewing of this <laughs> you um, were very lucky i know and i still think about that you know today like you know, I remember, you know, on the song, of course, Big Bottom, right? Um, <laughs> it's obviously a song about women with large behinds. Uh, and and yet the fact that everyone in the band is playing a bass gives the whole song a big bottom. So it's like this, like, you know, Whoa. and I remember my folks like stopping and like, so see, this is why this is funny. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, it, it was that, that was my uh, introduction to it. And then, you know, yeah, wow. it was just. It's, it's so such a hilarious movie. I have more stories about my uh, parents and their connection to this movie that I'll weave in at some point. But um, but yes, yeah, please uh, do because yeah. I don't think I watched this with my family to this day. <laughs> you didn't sit down with your. <laughs> There's family a hole and, in my life. You didn't no. want to sit down with your parents and say let's let's really dig into the song Sex Farm. <laughs> <laughs> you mean that very sophisticated view of sex. Uh, on a farm (laughs) on a farm yeah i had real quick side note i had forgotten it's been a while since i've seen this and um i had forgotten about the like the outtakes during the credits and yeah exactly those are pretty important i know and i I was like did i miss the scene where Derek smalls talks about how this is a sophisticated look at sex on a farm and then it's like oh no it's in the credits (laughs) right exactly there's all those little yeah. yeah, they're really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, he basically asked them like that's part of that too. Where you know, do you think you're racist? And he, they're like, no, we we love our brother, um, brothers. We don't say it. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, we and, we, and we don't mean it. But we're clearly. <laughs> I've we always thought of that one. Oh my god, I forgot about that. But, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think we're basically just going to be quoting the movie, laughing about it, and <laughs> yeah. that's going to be about the depth yeah. of this uh, analysis of this movie because well, it's just you're right. It's just a <laughs> it's it's the script that <laughs> our, our, our youth was was running off of. Oh, I know, right? I mean, how many things in here do we still like quote today? But. Um, <laughs> I guess maybe just to get a couple of things, you know, out of the way that I'm sure we'll talk about more. I mean, the things that to this day blow me away about this movie is the fact that, you know, almost all of the dialogue was improvised. I mean, that that's incredible because I know it is so funny and they all play off each other so well in the moment. Um, (laughs) That's amazing, (laughs) you know, Um and then, of course, the other thing is the fact that, you know, 
those three actors, Michael McKeon, Christopher Guest, and uh, Harry Shearer, wrote all of that music and performed music. the music, you know? <laughs> and and they're good songs. I mean, <laughs> they're that's, really that's, good songs. That's what I mean, that, that it yeah. wasn't like, it wasn't just like, um, they're sincerely... Yeah bad rock you know what i mean and it's like (laughs) it's it's totally believable that this is like a song right yeah it's not just because oftentimes you hear it it's just like okay this is just a goofy whatever but you know rock and roll creation it's Uh really like (laughs) it's but then every once in a while like so i watched it with the subtitles on because you know there's so much i miss yeah um because there's, there's just, you know, they talk over each other and there's like... Right. But then you just, like, the lyrics are just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're just so sincere and then so uh-huh. just like... They're, every once in a while, it's super funny. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, the line in Big Bottom, well, like, he just adds in that part, like, um, so I have heard. I don't know why yeah. that that particular lyric just cracks me up. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh. so I have heard. That, yeah, and and how he keeps going back to like you know what I mean, you know, like yeah, yeah we know what you mean. There's no question what you mean. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I I think like they they perfectly uh, embody the characters that they are, which is like these these guys that aren't smart enough to write the kind of music they think they're writing, you know, like they think they're being so clever and it's just such like elementary, like juvenile, like, yeah. And that's their characters throughout, but they're sincere too. You know, they're like, they're so unaware of their own stupidity. Oh my God. And I love it. I love it. When they're talking about the album cover and Nigel's like, well, what's wrong with being sexy? It's like, sexiest. (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. You know, if we were serious and we said, yes, this should, she should be forced to smell the glove. Then you'd have a point, you know, but it's all a joke, isn't it? I mean, we're making well, it's, fun. It isn't, it isn't. We're making she fun of that nice sort of smelling, thing, you know. Not, not, you know, over and over Listen, again. To look at your initial thesis here, I mean, why mm. Why does this? I mean, let's break it down. Yeah. Like, let's break like the wind. Um, <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> what, you which mean is do... an album I actually own. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Uh, I almost put that on today to listen to it, but I thought, nah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll listen to the original soundtrack. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, th- to why you know why does why this so mockumentary hold up? Yeah. Why do we remember this one over others? Right about it, other parodies, I guess, of things. Yeah. I mean, because w- it's you know, it's about a it's it's about a type of music that you know. I, I guess technically still exists now what they're making, yeah. you know, what, what they're portraying. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, so, but well, it's like, why, why it's, it has to be believable enough that it's still yeah. funny. You know what I mean? Also wouldn't work. So, yeah. So I have, I mean, I, it's a really good question and I think one we should spend some time with, and I, I certainly don't have the complete answer off the top of my head, but maybe (laughs) get close, but yeah, amazing. Right. Um, I think a couple of things, I think this movie has a couple of things going for it, but just to expand on that question, 
I, you know, I love all of Christopher Guest's other movies, you know, uh, Best in right. Show and Waiting for Guffman and the Waiting Wind. for Guffman is one of my Or not favorites, a Mighty yeah. Wind. Um, uh, yeah, Mighty Wind. A Mighty Wind. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. And, but they aren't the same as this one. I like them. Right. Um, and I really enjoy oh, them. Yeah. But, but they're not as sort of impactful to me as this one. Um, I think, you know... I, I wonder if part of it isn't that, you know, they, I mean, I don't know if Best in Show has the same number of references to dog breeding that this does. Um, I don't know if, you know, I know there's a ton of like sort of musical theater <laughs> and like, you know, small town yeah. theater references in, uh, in Waiting for Guffman. But, you know, I, so I honestly don't know if it goes back as deeply as this one does, but I feel like. You know, Spinal Tap coming out when it did. Um, these guys having gone through all of the stuff, you know, around, you know, seeing all of these different bands and the music. And it might just be that they lived with it enough to be able to parody it what really well. Um, and like you said, with that sort of like genuine affection for it while also being able to say like, okay, this is ridiculous. <laughs> you guys are ri way self-important and ridiculous, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, maybe it's just that, that love for it. I'm not sure. And I do, I do think, you know, um, that Rob Reiner, uh, makes a difference too. Um, you know, uh, yeah, that's, I so yeah, that is the one different, yeah. The different mm -hmm. element. Right. I mean, because, all right. Th this one is portrayed as like a straight documentary. And, and it's, right. when I say straight documentary, it's <laughs> done in documentary style. Mm -hmm. Where right. the other ones, yes, are more that, yes, that now <laughs> often mimic style of like, right. you know, like both versions of The Office, British and American yeah. version, mm -hmm. um, you know, Parks and Rack. Right. Um, that handful of shows, all the same actors. They, they mm -hmm. yeah, there, there's that. The other movies are more that type of filming yeah. where it's um yeah and also yeah i mean maybe it's because maybe yeah like i don't know much about dog shows you know mm -hmm. right <laughs> i do listen to a lot of music um mm -hmm. and um see i was someone who liked mighty wind a lot mm -hmm. because that's the type of music my dad listened to when i was mm. growing up mm -hmm. so a lot of those jokes hit with me because <laughs> i could see how preposterous you know how how what they were in that case like what not all the time but again like often knowing what they were kind right. of parroting um <laughs> but this this one is more my yeah i mean yeah. i there's stuff obviously i still don't <laughs> oh yeah I still don't get but um because i never listened I, I i did not listen to that you know 70s you know totally yeah. over the top um alice cooper or uh -huh. um uh the, whatever i mean just yeah. so much of that judas um, priest and stuff like that yeah yeah exactly yeah just throw in any right sort of because <laughs> you because of course in the movie they're like a heavy metal band but you know right. you listen to it and it's like it's just you know it's rock it's just like seven yeah. 70s rock at its finest the other thing that I, I think is unique about this movie and, and some of the research I did. So back to like the way it was shot, right? I guess the, um, yeah. the, the guy who shot it, like it was a documentary filmmaker and 
<laughs> was like, and he was like, this isn't funny. What, what are we doing here? Like, you know, um, and, and along those lines, like, I mean, there are so many, I, there are so many reactions where people were like, oh, I didn't realize this was fake. I didn't realize this was a fake band. You know, I thought this was real, you know, like they seem right. to have like really nailed something where enough people could be confused <laughs> by the fact that it's a, it's a comedy, you know, um, <laughs> And also, even after the fact, how many, you know, musicians have come out and said, oh, my God, this is exactly what being on tour is like and, and the ridiculousness yeah. of it, you know? So, um, right. yeah, it, it just feels like there's there's so much baked into this movie. Maybe that's what, what sets it apart. You know, it's always funny when you think about anything that sort of like, again, kind of establishes or defines a genre. Um what is different about it, I think, can be really hard to put your finger on, you know? I mean, I I think about other movies that I think are really important in a particular genre uh, or, or music or bands or albums or something that, you know, I feel like everything else sort of follows in their footsteps. And I don't yeah, know that I can right. always articulate what it is. It's just like the totality of the all the different pieces coming together exactly in the right way. I don't know. Um yeah, I was um, musing over the fact that after, you know, <laughs> the world after Spinal Tap, mm -hmm. um, it it now is, it's like any rockumentary, you know, <laughs> even a serious one looks yeah. like Spinal Tap. Uh -huh. Like they can't help it. I mean, right. it's, which makes it, <laughs> I mean, that's how powerful this is. Because like yeah. I was, I commented, <laughs> we were joking about it, I don't know, a few weeks ago, like the, Metallica did that um, oh, yeah. documentary of their recording of Saint Anger, and that watching it that feels like watching Spinal Tap, and they're not screwing around. It's it's that <laughs> they Spinal Tap got it that well done that even when bands are sincere, they look like Spinal Tap. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, not I. You know, the thing you always hear all the time is like, you know why are we listening to like politicians or, or musicians when they come out on one or the other side of a particular issue, yeah. you know? And like, you know, I know that's always used to sort of make a point like, ah, well, I don't care about this issue. And just because George Clooney's, why should we listen to George Clooney? But man, like, uh, yeah, they aren't, they aren't all uh, rocket scientists, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, uh, the Metallica one's great. Cause like, there are so many, you know, you, at times you feel like, really, did he just say that? And he doesn't oh, see that that's a, that's a silly thing to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, so because you met, this is something I really wanted to talk about. Um, <laughs> since you mentioned other music documentaries. Um, yeah. Did you ever see the movie Anvil colon the story of Anvil? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I did? have. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yep. <laughs> Oh my God! That, so that is yeah. It, go it's ahead. The, it's, it's the real life Spinal Tap. So I mean, anyone who it has is the real life Spinal Tap. Yeah, yeah. Anyone who has not seen this movie, so I'll tell you what happened when I watched this. I don't remember why <laughs> I, it crossed my radar, but I yeah, started me, watching no, it. I I started watching it. First of all, the title Anvil colon the story of Anvil. Right now, I think it's a comedy. Right. <laughs> That the, right. That's the, that's the dumbest title for a legitimate film. And 
And then the movie opens and you see these guys in sort of dead end jobs and they still look the same. They've got the long hair and they're, you know, they're not, they're just stuck in sort of what they used to do. And I'm like, oh my God, somebody remade Spinal Tap, but it's in Canada. Um, And like at the halfway point, I'm like, wait, is this real? And, and I had to like, I had to open up. I, I, I had to go on IMDb, see the date of the movie, because I was convinced right. that this was a joke. Uh, look at the release date of the movie. And then I opened up Spotify, and it wasn't until I saw that they had like a discography going back like a decade prior to the movie that I believed that it actually was a real band. It was that close to Spinal Tap as a parody. Um, and then the fact that the way that movie ends is them getting a tour in Japan exactly like the way Spinal Tap ends was yeah. just like this is blowing my mind and I have one last mind-blowing thing to share with you but <laughs> but before I do uh, tell me your thoughts on that wonderful piece of uh, cultural uh, history well yeah I mean I that's it's a good question I came okay <laughs> yeah. I came across that too because I don't remember how yeah why <laughs> I don't know um, why I would have sat down to watch it. I'd assumed it had to be a, I don't know. I, I've never read any interviews with the dude, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, it had to be like a, they must've modeled it after Spinal Tap. I don't know what else to say because it, it's too weird. I mean, it's, it's yeah. too perfectly done, but it, in that way, maybe it's, it's brilliant because you're also guessing, is this real? Is this fake is it somewhere yeah. in between i mean that's the nether know. world of like how, it was, how self-conscious is this movie of being <laughs> itself <laughs> it, it was a bizarre know. experience for me the you know um and you know i don't know i i'm <laughs> i can be an easily gullible person at sometimes just ready to believe things um uh <laughs> But, you know, the fact that I was just, like, so, con- like, this has to be a joke. <laughs> and like, yeah. So the right. last the last thing I'll say about Anvil, the story of Anvil, is um, <laughs> guess what the drummer's name for the band Anvil is? Oh, I can't remember. I... It's Rob Reiner. Really? Yeah. The drummer's name so, is Rob Reiner, spelled with two B's on Rob. <laughs> like, you can't get more crazy coincidence wow. than this. All the blood just drained from my body. <laughs> wow. You can't make that stuff. Well, maybe you can make that stuff up. Is that right? <laughs> I don't know. As far as That's... I can tell, it's not made up. <laughs> I did I was disappointed to learn that um I thought for many years Rockumentary they made up for this movie, but I guess they didn't. That had been used before. Oh, that that's was, so funny. Cause I wrote the same note. I was like, I'm pretty sure this must have coined that term, but okay, well that's Yeah. It maybe it made it popular, <laughs> but it, it goes back before that I found out according uh, to the internets. Um that's but yeah, bad. I thought I know, I really want <laughs> I really wanted that to be true. Yeah, <laughs> that he made it up at the beginning. And I actually, I do remember. Obviously, he he didn't direct. I don't think he directed that 
the the commercial, you know, with the little ch- the little chuck wagon going into that was a. Vi- <laughs> Do you remember that commercial? That was a very Purina Purina dog chow. That was a very popular commercial. Oh, was it a real commercial? Was- <laughs> yeah, that's a real commercial. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it goes deeper. <laughs> I know. No, it's a. Yeah, you have to look it up later. It was. Oh yeah, it's like it's. It was a super. I mean, we all love that commercial. It was this oh, little so miniature, like chuck wagon, like yeah. driving around the the kitchen floor, and there's a dog, and then it goes into a cupboard, and out comes the dog food. That's funny. That whole intro yeah. is so great. Just what a what a great it, way it, to spin up the movie, you know? It 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 really is. I I, I even made. <laughs> I, I even made some notes about that. It's uh-huh. it's the li- it's the thing. Of, all right, yeah. Oh, One yeah. thing about Spinal Tap is all the little things. Oh, like absolutely. it's not just the over the top jokes. With yeah. you know, like where Derek Smalls is in the airport and they're you know doing the metal detector. I mean that of course is memorable. <laughs> yeah. Um, but all right, so they have um. Shoot, what's his <laughs> what's Rob Reiner's Marty character's name? And it, Marty DeBerge. Yeah, thank you. Marty, Marty. Um, yeah. So he's just you know they they he's talking and they he stands up and they pan over uh-huh. and he's he's trying to figure out what to do with his arms. Yeah. Which is such like which is such like an actor like an instruction that actors are given to not be distracting. So he's like he's like yes. <laughs> like even that it's- like. It's that, and it's the fact that he's got like what, like a, a loop thing or a lens around his his, uh, you know, his neck, and his 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 hat. He's wearing that like navy. Oh yeah, USS. Yep. And I, when I saw that hat, I was like, USS Oral Sea. What is that? And apparently, apparently, he had a hat called for the USS Coral Sea. And like somebody was like, "Oh, you're gonna need to get the Navy's permission." So they just filled in the space on the sea to make it oral. <laughs> I can't believe the Navy didn't give. They, uh, yeah. they should have asked. They would have given. Yeah, and it was. I think this was his first. It was director's credit. I wow. did not realize that until watching this last night and doing some of the research. I was like, I was amazed that this was his first directed movie. Yeah. I did not realize that. <laughs> Because, you know, as a kid growing up, I mean, he was Meathead from All <laughs> yeah. in the Family. <laughs> of course, right. Just like uh-huh. Richie Cunningham, you yeah. know, be also all these like 70s actors became directors. But, right. wow, what a, what, what a first. Uh... No kidding. Well, <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, he's, he's, yeah. And, and the fact that, I mean, Jesus, like for your first, your directorial debut, first, it's a fairly low budget movie. Second, there is no <laughs> script. You know, it's just like. He, <laughs> He got a bunch of his like theater and comedy friends and, and, you know, and of course, uh, Tony Hendra from national lampoon and just like, Hey guys, let's just get together and do this. And, and, and they did it. And it is, is amazing. Um, yeah, that seems like a first movie move. (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, who'd know his next movie be Schindler's list. I mean, (laughs) he he went from those. (laughs) Did you know that there, the reason he, his name Marty DeBerge is based on a combination of his like favorite directors. It was like Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese. Uh, shoot. And I know DeBerge. Steven Spielberg I is the Berg part, and now I've forgotten the. Middle oh, okay, part. okay. 
That Darn makes it. sense. Well, anyway, yeah. <laughs> it's just a mashup. And that's the other thing is like how many names in this are just like, oh, we picked this other person's name and then like changed one letter or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. I think the official name of the band, too, I thought there was supposed to be an umlaut over oh, um, yeah. one of the letters, which is, of the, course, a wonderful metal right. um, reference. Well, you, and the umlaut is over the N. It's not which, even... <laughs> which is totally... <laughs> it's just something they would... I mean, it's like we talk about them as if the spinal tap... Is yeah. real, but it is something that they would do. <laughs> it is. It totally is, right? It's not only really funny, but very believable that those guys would think, oh, I think we should add an umlaut. <laughs> or they wouldn't even know what it is. Put those two dolphins yeah, above just it. Put you one know? Of those, put, and just any random letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it doesn't change the pronunciation in any way. <laughs> I don't even know. What it, I can't even approach how you would alter the pronunciation of the letter N with an umlaut over the top. <laughs> Oh man! Hey, I want to I want to talk about one of my absolute favorite segments of the movie, which is all of their. Okay, so it, it it's getting to the 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 album reviews, but backing up from that for a moment, the setting of this interview is so hilarious. It's like in front of this big, like gothic English countryside castle or something in there right. supposedly in a courtyard and the way that they're all dressed is ridiculous like Nigel's wearing a kilt you know kilt that was the first thing i remember was, oh my god and he was and kilted i know and again that's one of those things where it's just like it is ridiculous but also kind of believable like i could see a band totally doing that you know and the pretentiousness of like let's just do it in front of this castle here and you know no it did it looked like a 60 minutes type interview yeah i mean that's what it was setting up yeah something like that it was but so like the album reviews was was such a good way to like get all like the fact that they came up with all of these hilarious album names like intravenous de milo Shark sandwich was a good Shark one. sandwich. Oh man. And one of my fa- one of my favorite parts is like he's doing like uh, Marty DeBerge, right? Uh, Rob Reiner is reading off this inter- uh, this review of one yeah. of their albums and it's this long diatribe of like, you know, <laughs> these they're treading water in a sea of retarded sexuality, you know. And he gets to the end of this long thing and Nigel's just like, "Well, that's just nitpicking, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, these guys are so funny, and you know, just to think that that was an improv line is is amazing. I yeah, I that I maybe of all the impressive parts about that, yeah, of, of what we saw, yeah, to to, to remind ourselves is right. is that, and I, I I constantly do thinking, oh, they had to have written that, you know what I mean? Like, right? How there's there's no way they just came up with the perfect line, the perfect timing. <laughs> everything you know what right. i mean i mean i've heard mm-hmm. how they make they do these movies is they they give a kind of a, a rough yeah you know to to people who are not in their little group right mm-hmm. when they're taking in other actors and trying to and some of them can't do it right and it's oh, kind of yeah. you can kind of tell like they're awkward mm-hmm. with the whole scenario but they they give some some very loose 
mm-hmm. <laughs> direction, and that's it. Right. And you're right. They just kind of play off each other and whatever yeah. kind of happens. And I imagine there's a lot of film left on the floor after that. Oh, but, yeah. Um, I think they shot like 100 hours of footage or something like that. So, <laughs> so yeah, they, they probably had a couple of cuts at each of these and picked the best one, but still. So there's... <laughs> There's actual less film of the movie Primer than there is of Spinal Tap. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, man. It's Oh, and like, you know, in this interview scene, of course, then the other thing they talk about is going through all of the drummers who have died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> which is the running joke, you know. Yeah, which um, is a great, yeah, like. <laughs> yeah. And. <laughs> I mean, you know, two of my favorite things here, right, is like <clears throat> their their first drummer died in a bizarre gardening accident. Gardening. <laughs> and one of them, I think it's Nigel, says, you know, one the authority said best left unsolved, really. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> you, all right, so if you can actually look at like how all their drummers died. Oh, really? Like, so there's like about I don't know a dozen drummers that have been in the band. So like, um, Sammy Stumpy Bateman died trying to jump over a tank full of sharks on a tricycle in the freak show. <laughs> All right, um, next. Chris 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 Papa Cadeau eaten by his own pet python Cleopatra. <laughs> Cleopatra. Uh, <laughs> they named the python. Oh, uh, we remember. <laughs> so yeah, or it's like uh, Stumpy Joe. Right. I mean, we know this one. He he choked on vomit, but it well, wasn't his own. <laughs> oh man! And of course, yeah. So the you classic can, line. Yeah, you, so you can um, look dust up the. Prov- <laughs> yeah, you can't dust for. <laughs> I think that's Harry Shearer, right? Or is it? No, it's Nigel. It's Nigel. You can't dust for vomit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That's hilarious. So you can find, I I guess I would just Google (laughs) Spinal Tap drummer deaths and probably get there. Yeah, it's. (laughs) Yeah, here it is. That's hilarious. You can't. Yeah, there's the line here. But not just that one, because you can't dust for vomit. So obviously, you know, the songs themselves make up a huge part of this movie, and we've touched on this a little bit, you know, with all of the layered meanings and references in them. Um, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about Big Bottom and kind of the, you know, the the pun of the the everyone playing basses uh, as well as the, the lyrics, but also the fact that Derek Smalls is playing a double bass. Like, it's got all two right, necks. that just about <laughs> killed me when I... <laughs> You, there's, like you, there's no reason for it. No, and, and they're not even like it's this. They're both like four string. I know it's exactly. the same bass twice. Same bass. <laughs> oh my god! There was no difference between them. Oh man! Uh, and of course, the way the song ends, they're all spanking Nigel with the heads of their guitars or their basses. Oh man. Yeah. 
That one was so funny. Um, <laughs> sex Farm, we talked a little bit about, but I, I, I love... I, sex Farm is probably the most, like, over-the-top, like, innuendo, like, and very, very <laughs> transparent. Even, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not oh, even I know. Plowing and that's, of course, the song they play at the, at the, at the um, Air, Air Force, Force Base. Base. <laughs> I know, and it comes on the heel of... Uh, 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 Fred Willard being like, you know, play something slow that I can dance to. Hard yeah, so cut to dance to on a sex farm, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and all of the all of the military personnel are like leaving the room. You know, <laughs> oh man! And of course, that is the scene where you know Nigel's radio unit goes haywire and he storms Starts, off the stage. Right? Yeah, so, yeah. Wow, very. Cr- crucial part of the movie really oh i know kind fred willard is so great in this he's so, he's he's i miss him i really miss him i did too he's so funny he's like have you ever seen an outfit out of kansas city do two yeah. jacks and chill or whatever it was he's like if you ever want to see some really good music they're at a ramada inn they've been there for a few months i don't know why that's just funny that's really funny yeah I'd like to hear them, yeah. So, <laughs> if you went by the track listing, I think how the move within oh, the movie yeah. do, do they open up with Hellhole or do they no. open up with Tonight <laughs> they, I'm Gonna Rock You or whatever? Well, yeah. So the full title of that song is Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You Tonight. <laughs> 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 but yeah, they open with Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You Tonight, and at I think at the end of this we should pick like our top songs because that's one of them for me. I, that's just a good song, frankly. But one, <laughs> one of the things I, the of words the, have you did you read the words to that song? Oh, that's They're exactly so what I was gonna say. It is so gross, <laughs> you know. Yeah, it's like it's, I watched it with my son. He's like, "What's the song about?" <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> Well, and yeah, and uh, but man, but it, it's a great like parody of there are so many like rock songs that, you know, like all that, like she's just 17 or whatever. It's like, yeah, OK, totally. or, you know, Chantilly yeah. Lace, you know, it's like, oh, gosh, God, yes. you know, there's so much. Yeah. Yeah. Creepy so, early rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this one just like not to borrow, but turns it up to 11 you know he's got like the line that's you're just 14 and you've still got your baby teeth like jesus god that's awful i just (laughs) oh man no it's it's awful i mean yeah yeah oh that's terrible uh I think the next song we see is Gimme Some Money, right? Because that's when they're talking about the drummers. And that's when we see uh, Ed Begley Jr.'s cameo as the drummer. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Of the many great cameos in this movie. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right and left people who are in there for a few minutes, really. Yeah. 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 In fact, that is, I mean, that too is a really good, like, kind of, (laughs) you know, Rolling Stone slash uh-huh. Animals, Beatles, kind of. Right. I mean, right. it's really, a, it's it's like, I thought maybe they, I thought maybe they borrowed this song from somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
it 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 could be exactly one of those songs until it gets to the core. Like this whole thing is this build. Oh yeah, like, you know what I want. You know what he needs. Like okay, yeah. yeah that, and it's yeah. just like give me some money. <laughs> it's such a good punchline for that song. Uh, in fact, in the movie when they they're gonna sound check it, they just call yeah. it GSM. It's like, That's how I GSM. Wrote it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As if they've been playing playing it for years, and they oh, just yeah. like, all right, let's bust out one of the oldies, like yeah. bands do with sound checks, right? Well, that's another thing that I think is so great about this movie is obviously it's it's about this rock band, but you know they they touch on so many such so, so many different areas of like rock evolution and the different kind of genres and the different types of bands and you know later you see it with like flower people which is just hilarious oh yeah <laughs> and it's like i love you that know, song listen to the flower people <laughs> yeah oh man and it's such that like 60s psychedelic and you know there's so many like <laughs> You know, Derek Smalls is off to the side, like, say, like voicing, we love you into the camera, you know? <laughs> and that's, a, what, again, one of those little things, yeah. didn't have to add it, um, but yeah. but they did. They turned it up again with mm-hmm. that. Or, or I just, or, or Nigel's, like, s- pseudo-sitar, you know, guitar <laughs> solo, and they uh-huh. put in the kaleidoscope yeah. mode. I mean, it was... <laughs> Uh, I'm glad that's not a thing anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Which thing? All of it or just all of it? All of it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's coming back. Oh man! Which song? All right, here's a here's a question for Uh since you uh, you are the resident expert on (laughs) this movie. Which song is America? I don't know. Actually, you know, it's funny because they, ta- they talk about it. it's like we can't play America. That's his one of Nigel's songs, and I don't know that. I mean, it's weird they'd reference a song and not. So, it's on the soundtrack, but I is it I, okay? But I don't think it's in the movie. And I was gonna listen. I, <laughs> I was listening to the, some of the soundtrack today, and I was like, America, what's that? I'll skip over it. So I don't know. <laughs> All right, you have to go back to that one for me. I know. I will. And. In I have a picture of it somewhere. It was either the Props Run tour or um, they bought it for the um, when it used to be the Experience Music Project in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's it called? Like the Pop Mopop. Pop. Yeah, but they had the actual prop from the movie Stonehenge. Oh, um, uh huh. And like you weren't supposed to take pictures of it for really? some reason. So, yeah. so I totally did, of course. He's like, all right, you gotta delete I gotta delete that and I was like, okay. And you know, I still have the picture. Yeah. Um and it That's is t- so it weird. is tiny and it could yeah. easily be trampled on by dwarves. I mean it's not I mean it looks so crappy in real life, yeah. right? I mean it's oh, man. I'm sure it was a prop they made like in an hour or something. It, it's just it, like spray painted um yeah, uh, you know, gray. <laughs> styrofoam. Um, <laughs> oh God! But, but just the moment. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those moments when that thing dropped down. Um, <laughs> oh, if we're jumping to Stonehenge, I, I gotta talk about something <laughs> at the outset yeah. of that, which is um, <clears throat> the line that always kills me in Stonehenge <laughs> is when Nigel is doing that. You know. 
intro voiceover sort of thing. <laughs> and he's yeah. like, lived a race of ancient people, the druids. And then he, he goes into, nobody knows who they were Those. or what they were doing. <laughs> Again, just like lines written by a moron. <laughs> And again, like this, like, I don't know, what is it, a, sort of a Jethro Tull, maybe a Led Zeppelin sort yeah, of thing, that's, you know? <laughs> right, that's what I was thinking. It was like a Tull thing. Yeah, um, like totally. when they, You mean when they play the little part? They're dancing around the... And every time they, like, pass around it, like, the monument, like, gets pulled off of its, you know, like, floats up a little bit because it's being knocked over all the time. Uh, but what's yeah. actually what's great about that whole that whole bit that whole uh-huh. is that so they have the big they have the big fight afterwards right. in right. the hotel room <laughs> and at the very end Derek Small says well, I want to bring up a question yeah. <laughs> <Play> Stonehenge tomorrow <laughs> like no we're not playing bloody Stonehenge. <laughs> Oh man, that whole argument has so many little buried lines in it too. Like, like at I one know. point, I think it's uh, you know uh, Tony Hendra, Ian Faith, Ian Faith says something like, "I don't want to make a big deal about it," and I think David or Nigel says, "Well, making a bu- big deal out of it would have been a good thing." <laughs> oh god. So, uh, yeah, because. So that's when he it's when he quits, isn't it? It's that right. part. That's the yeah. scene, right? And mm-hmm. <laughs> he he's like <laughs> he insults her by saying, What the oh. Australians nightmare. Oh, you, you look like an Australian's nightmare. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. It's I just don't know. Funny. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> And then, like, Ian's, and this is such a, like, I don't know, maybe a 60s thing, right? Ian's breaking point is, like, I'm not going to co-manage a band with a woman. <laughs> like, that's... Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> He's like, with her? I didn't think you meant with her. With her. <laughs> I didn't think you oh, meant God. with... Yeah. Yeah. So I have two, I have two other things that are from this movie that are references to my personal life. Um, I don't know (laughs) why I said personal life, my life, (laughs) the life that I actually am living and have lived your actual, Uh, my life, my actual human existence, uh, as Mm -hmm, understood mm -hmm. by me, Glenn Cooper. Um, so the first one is, um, (laughs) the first one is the scene at Elvis's grave where, Oh yeah. They they start to sing, heartbreak hotel <laughs> and and they start to try and harmonize with each other and you know nigel's trying to, oh let's do the homie pot you know it's like same key i think you know <laughs> oh it's all like it sounds like barbershop you know um but so uh so my my bandmate and i uh whenever we whenever we are trying to work out harmonies you know there'll be like sometimes it's fine but there there's there have been numerous times where we find ourselves in this like one or both of us is sort of like lost in this weird like is this working is this working and we always reference Mm -hmm. this scene it's like not do it barbershop i think (laughs) Uh, that's such a good scene (laughs) 
and then like you know it ends with like them being like oh brings a lot of perspective <laughs> and it's like too much perspective <laughs> too, too much blood of perspective <laughs> oh and then uh, Derek gets offended because they're um, arguing in front of Elvis's. <laughs> One of them two. curses, I think, right? He's like, oh. Yeah, guys, exactly. Watch, watch like, the language. Because <laughs> that, that's actually a spot on earth that I've been to. I've been mm-hmm. to where that where the Spinal Tap actually filmed that scene. That was such a big deal to me. <laughs> but there's, all right, have you seen um, U2's Rattle and Hum ever? I don't. If I had, I don't remember it. It's been a long time. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing. It's <laughs> there's almost nothing memorable about it. But there is a scene where they go to to Graceland and they go oh, to Elvis's tomb and they mu- you two as must have seen Spinal Tap. Uh-huh. I mean, I just assu- I would assume so. Oh, but man. I mean, it's so like <laughs> like they're. I mean, you two is a parody of themselves in the sense you know, that <laughs> like yeah. they're like. At that point in their career, so like serious and so right. self-righteous, right? Yeah. And so clueless in a way yeah. that, it, I mean, it kind of does come across as a very Spinal Tap-esque <laughs> re- real moment from a band that had no like self-awareness at the time. I know. <laughs> to, like, to edit that crap out. <laughs> um, that's what I mean. It's like, it, it's, it's hard to watch bands or ba- bands that are good or not or whatever and not kind of go back to scenes from this movie I know that seem to touch upon so many elements so it seems of yeah. life as a working <laughs> rock band a hard working rock and roll band on the road um, yeah I read that um, Steven Tyler of Aerosmith did not think this movie was funny at all and <laughs> nice. you know again you get those like self important huge egos you know Steven Tyler <laughs> Steven Tyler <laughs> He looks like an Australian's nightmare. <laughs> he is an Australian's nightmare. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> you know, I got to start. I used to use that as an insult. I haven't used that for a long time. I'm going to start oh, bringing yeah. that one back. Definitely. That's one of the, one of the lines from that just that just pops up in just everyday life. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we, yeah, like we've, I, at the, Early on, you know, turning things up to 11. I mean, I, like I said, I was just reading something like last week. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it, it wasn't even in a musical type reference. It was just some dumb article. And yeah, they, 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 it said up to 11. And it, I'm mm-hmm. sure it was written by someone who wasn't even born when this movie <laughs> came out. You know what I mean? Like it's. I was listening to a podcast about politics last week, and somebody said, use the same reference. Yeah, it's permeated our culture. Yeah, I mean, it's so funny how some things just, yeah, like, what? what is it that some things get sticky, you know, that they, they just, for some reason, get yeah. <clears throat> um, put into this, in, into our regular world. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, in a movie that really shouldn't, a movie that really just should have been out and then forgotten <laughs> in some ways. I mean, there's like, what is eternal about this movie? Um, yeah. But they, but somehow they nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I, because I do wonder, you know, like watching it with my son, um, who thought it was funny, mm-hmm. but, you know, like, 
how how long will this movie continue to be funny? You know, like when when we're dead, will people be watching this? I don't know, because comedy is one of those things that I've noticed doesn't doesn't always age as well as other other types of movies. It it yeah, I think that's fair, especially ones that are packed full of like references to either current or past, you know, context yeah, like cu- or like cult. Right, yeah. cultural, yeah, right. cultural cues and references. Mm-hmm. You know, like why I could think, even though I wasn't alive during the '60s, watching, mm-hmm. um, yeah, the video of the flower people. You know, mm-hmm. I've seen enough other '60s things right. to think this is silly and funny, right? Um, or I listened to enough, you know, the Beatles and stuff to know those how those jokes stick. Uh huh. Um, I mean, yeah. some of it, yeah, some of it's just slapstick, and the, and if, that seems to be kind of a funny thing forever um mm-hmm. but other parts are like yeah these just subtle <laughs> the subtle little jokes that they do in there um which make which makes it so endearing to me yeah uh, yeah same i mean you know uh, so it's a really good question and not one that i had thought about i you know i do wonder how how long a life span this movie has i you know as soon as you asked the question my initial reaction was oh i think this will be a timeless classic but then you know <laughs> you're right uh you know um you know people anyone who like appreciates art right or appreciates art from a, t- a particular artist or a time frame like so much of the appreciation is understanding like the context or what was unique about yeah. this artist or what did they right. do for yeah. the medium and that kind of thing and yeah, maybe this is just going to be um, show up in a museum somewhere with a little plaque that says why it's funny. <laughs> yeah, why this is significant. I don't know. Yeah, yeah because we... Maybe. You're right. Any 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 artistic thing, um, you know, there is always some sort of tipping point or some sort of instigator yeah. of, of it, whether it's film or, you know, mm-hmm. painting or music or whatever. Um, somebody had to do it first. Right. And... Um, you know, we, we, we not having, you know, we've lived through this, but mm-hmm. <laughs> the, you know, I put this on par with the um, expressionist movement happening in France during the turn of this, <laughs> right? I mean, it's oh, like yeah. on that equivalent. Yeah. You know, of how insane it was that these stuffed shirts were so upset <laughs> that these guys were painting out of focus. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas where it is like for me to, like I said, I, like to watch any documentary about a band from then on mm-hmm. to me became or you have to reference Spinal Tap as, <laughs> as, as, as like how 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 do how do they not make a documentary that you know and and bands have gone to great lengths to try to make it not look like a you know um, a Spinal Tap esque uh-huh. thing. Because well, that's the that's instantly what it, that's instantly what it's going to be compared to. It yeah. has to be. It starts by ho- hopefully not being a group full of morons, uh, and then you can go from there. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, but not you every know band can do that. They are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we sound like such jerks. I love music. I love musicians. <laughs> <laughs> really, I. I <laughs> Well, so the I, la- I, they're up there with yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want the one thing I wanted to come back to is the the last sort of uh, tie-in to me, uh, my life. Uh, oh yeah, is, <laughs> it's um, always about you, isn't it? <laughs> it's uh, yeah, exactly. 
Why do you think I talk into a microphone so I can hear it back and just opine on how brilliant I sound? <laughs> so, uh, back towards the beginning, right? The original interview, and they're going through, they're going through all of their band names. Oh, and, you know, they started out. They're like. We were the originals, uh, and then we had to change it because there was another band called the Originals. So we became the New Originals. <laughs> new Originals. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> when I was a kid, uh, my parents were both in a band. When I was a kid, right? Uh, and <laughs> they were in a band for a while with a bunch of other folks, and then they they uh, ch- stopped doing that band. Then you know formed another band that was a little bit smaller, and they named their band the New Originals. So. <laughs> No way. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, so, so when I was a kid, my parents had a 50s and 60s rock cover band called the New Originals. <laughs> but that was... <laughs> See, I thought that... Um, for one, that is amazing. And <laughs> thank, thank you for that. Um well, did they make it big? What happened? <laughs> oh, no, there was another band called the New Originals, so they changed their name to the Thamesmen. <laughs> right. The Regulars, I think. The re- the- That's right, the Regulars. <laughs> oh, man. I think they made but it like, big in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> big in Japan. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, I remember it was the Who's one of their many the 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 kids are all right. I think it was the Who documentary I was thinking of, mm. where they talk mm. about the history of all the band names the Who had, which was basically this. I thought that was the <laughs> reference. Was that I'm sure it was. Like they yeah. were the yeah, they were like the high numbers, and then they were something else, and then another band had that name, and they went and they eventually just went back to the Who. Is what happened. <laughs> God, one of the things I wanted to say in this is like all of the references in this movie would take a lifetime to dissect. Yes. Um, oh man. I mean, some of the things I wrote down: the <laughs> Nigel solo that he does, where he, he takes he takes the violin and starts scraping the strings, and then of course he stops and he tunes the violin. He tunes it. I, I guess that's that's like a reference to Jimmy Page who would use Jimmy, it I think it is with his when he takes yeah. out yeah yeah um, the cello bow or the violin bow exactly yeah. I think that's I think that's what that is I'm yeah. pretty sure I don't know what else And then be. and then the the when Nigel is showing uh Marty all of his guitars <laughs> and he pulls yeah. up the Les Paul and he's like you hear listen to the sustain you know <laughs> And he's like, you could go and have a bite and that'd still be playing, you know? And I guess I guess that's something that Les Paul actually said. <laughs> like, the, the guitar... Really? Is, yeah, it's basically something wow. he actually said. Yeah. Oh, this is special too, I'd say. Look, see? Still got the uh, the old tagger on it. See, never even played it. See? You just bought it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. I wasn't going to touch it. No, don't touch it. I was it. just pointing at it. I, well, don't point even. Don't it even point? Be, no. It can't be played. Never. I mean, I, Can I, I look at no. it? No. No, you've seen don't enough of that it. one. Uh, and even like the yeah, opening, that's... the opening concert when the guy's like direct from hell, Spinal Tap is a tribute to this yeah, band called yeah. Venom, you know? So, anyway, Oh. Yeah. 
It's it's just it's just <laughs> I don't know how. I mean, these guys must have encyclopedic brains for all of these things because oh man, it's just so much. Oh, exactly. Yeah, it that would be <laughs> that would be a, a very good uh, life project to. Um, <laughs> like the, <laughs> to, to, to um, just deconstruct Spinal oh, Tap God. to every single reference that it it has in it. Where is this I'm, coming from? I'm getting very um, tired thinking about that. <laughs> or, or just like, you know, they're lost in the basement of the <laughs> yes. venue. Yeah. Hello, Cleveland. Course, hello, Cle- hello, Cleveland. Cleveland is like used so much in other contexts as well. It's, yeah. it's just... Uh, you for, yeah, no the um yeah it would it would it would it would it would take <laughs> yeah it would take so long to like go <laughs> second by second through every yeah. little. <laughs> so plan of a movie that's basically consisting of nothing but <laughs> in- incredible scenes. Yeah. How what 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 would be the key scene? in this in spinal tap you mean the one that really embodies the the heart and soul of the movie and the message right, just behind you, it exactly what yeah. is this movie about it down to one one part one part i yeah it was so funny because uh as i was watching this i'm like oh i how am i even gonna pick something for this segment but i did pick one um really <clears throat> yeah awesome so the key scene to me is the mic check or the sound check. I mean, um, huh? Uh-huh. So so uh-huh. this is where um, you know this is where they play. Give me some money, right? They're doing sound check and <laughs> right, uh, right. And then um, partway through sound check, uh, Janine David's uh, David mm. Saint Hubbins, uh, his girlfriend shows up, right? And yep. um, and she comes down, and this is the part where. Uh, uh, Tony Hendra's character Ian uh, Ian uh, shows up with "Smell the Glove," the actual album pressing of it. <laughs> and so, to me, this is uh, okay. Th- this this is my key scene for a couple of reasons. One is it feels like the pivot point into yeah. you oh, know wow. into the conflict mm. between you know that yep. Janine brings between David and Nigel. Um, yes, the Yoko the, Ono of the. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, the eventual sort of crumbling of the relationship between Ian and the band, um, and right. the and, and it's not that those things aren't already on that trajectory. I mean, things are already going south from like you know the second gig they play, but but this is sort <laughs> of like I think the linchpin because again, you get Janine showing up. Um, and right away jumping yeah. in and sort of vo- voicing her opinions about uh, about the band and stuff like that. You know, and Ian has been so elusive about <clears throat> why the album hasn't been released. You know, at one point he's like, oh, they're experimenting with new packaging materials or something, you know, not wanting to tell <laughs> the band that they don't like the cover. And that's the reason. Right. right. And so then, <laughs> so then he shows up and it's just a black record with no letters on it no type nothing you know and and this of course has one of my favorite lines in it where i think it's (laughs) derek i think it's derek he's like 
you know, how much more black how? could it be? And the answer is none, is none more none. black. <laughs> none. No, I guess that's Nigel. I think that's Nigel, but, um, it is Nigel. I, yeah. I think, yes. I... <laughs> and, and then of course, you know, and, you know, and David is like, well, I think it looks like death. And Ian's like, well, every great cinema and every great movie is about death. Death sells, you know, death he's totally sells. trying to like continue to like sort of sleaze his way through this situation. So, um, yeah, I think it just, it, it spools up what happens throughout the rest of the movie. And, and the ultimate irony to me is, uh, I think it's Ian who says at the, like towards the end of the scene, like, I think this is a really, a real turning point for us. I think we're really on our way now. And the exact opposite happens. (laughs) Like it just, everything keeps going to hell (laughs) throughout the rest of the movie. Uh, culminating right, Glenn, in I yeah yeah no I I will admit I'm impressed I think you did <laughs> in a movie that I thought would be impossible <laughs> to give a key scene you did it that is I am that's good work my friend it's yeah. funny no I think it's true it, it has it has it's it is it's <laughs> for some weird reason it is kind of the pivot point of the of the story. If, the, if there's a story here, that's right. the pivot point, right? I mean, that's yeah. it does. It has the clash of all those, <laughs> the perfect storm of all those, all, all the all the you know of the tension, right? That's right. that's that's starting to show up. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean, it's. Um, <laughs> I you guess know, I'd never thought about it. You know, we've we've talked about this in a few movies and as, as ridiculous a movie as this is and as over the top in so many ways it, as it is, it really does feel like an extension of everything that actually happens and then just make it a little bit funnier and a little bit more out there. But like, you know, all right. of this stuff, like how many bands have broken up for these same reasons or fired their managers or impulsively done X, Y, or Z, right. Just because, you know, they're like, they're, you know, emotionally stunted children to a certain extent you know who are used to getting in their way it's actually yeah like they are perpetually adolescent there's perpetually 17 year old boys you know no matter how old they are that's really where they're at emotionally (laughs) right that you're right that impulsive that recklessness that not think about what's the consequence of this if i do this (laughs) Your brain is like in its reptilian state, and it's not a. <laughs> it's not thinking, yeah. you know. So they even their grandiose plans are just hilarious. Um, yeah, you know, like they want to do the rock opera about Jack the Ripper, Saucy, Saucy Jack, Jack, or whatever. <laughs> I mean, what, what a what an incredibly awful idea that. But yet, rock bands do stuff like that all the I know. time. I know. I was just thinking, there's, it just reminds me of, like, there's a fine line between, what is it, like, stupid and clever, or I, th- yeah. I think I got it backwards. I think so. I think it's clever and stupid, but yeah, I love stupid. Such- <laughs> and that's, that's it. I mean, that is, that is so, that is so true, though. Yeah. Especially in the world of music. Right. And the irony of, of that line coming out of these guys' mouth, right? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No, I th- I think also, I mean, for guys like us, I mean, I too, when I was, you know, when I was in high school, I mean, I was in a band. Yeah. And that was like, you know, I never, I never realistically thought this would be like, you know, mm-hmm. the, my end goal in, mm-hmm. in life. 
but it was fun being in a band. It was like, that was my, that was like my tribe. That was like this, these group of guys were my closest friends and we like created, you know, noisy things (laughs) and we played shows and stuff like that. But it was Mm -hmm. like a, you are, it's this, it feels like you're in on something other people aren't Mm -hmm. and it's, it's cool. And and like, you get to kind of do what you want. I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's just the appeal of, you know, you, you, yeah, just, just like you feel like such a weirdo anyway. Right. 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 And I, I mean, most of us did in high school, maybe there were some people that didn't, but yeah, I think for me at least, and that this is where I fit in and this is what Mm -hmm. I could do. And it, um, yeah, just so that, yeah, that feeling of like, um, you know, like we're, yeah, like we're in on this thing all together and you guys aren't. And it was, it was, um, so just like, (laughs) so the, like, um, they're, they're talking about like, Oh, we're, we're, we're like brothers. No, we're better than brothers. We never fight. Right. (laughs) And then it shows the studio scene where it's, I mean, like every other word, the F bomb. (laughs) Yeah. And they just, it's so, (laughs) but that's like, yeah. yeah, like that's how I w- was with my friends sometimes too. You can't fucking concentrate because you're fucking wife. Simple as that, all right? It's your fucking wife. She's not my wife. Well, whatever the fuck she is, all right? You can't concentrate. We can't- and then to have somebody come in and like break up that mm-hmm. little group is, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Yoko Ono type <laughs> scenario or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it pisses you off. It hurts because you right. have this relationship with your best friend. Right. And then someone else is you. You're jealous, and yeah. it's frustrating, and, and mm-hmm. you you know you hate you hate them for it, um, even though it's so <laughs> it's so stupid and so like you know <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. If you put in perspective, it seems so funny, but at the time, it is very not not funny. It, it is it is it hurts um, mm-hmm. when you when you lose yeah that that friendship like that. So because yeah, there's like- um. Jeff Emmerich, who's the engineer for the Beatles, um, wrote a wrote a book, which is I thought it's a very interesting and good book about his his experience with working with the Beatles as a unit. Mm-hmm. And um, you know he had he started I think working with them exclusively on Revolver. So up mm-hmm. until then it was somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, but so Revolver is when he started working with them. Mm. And when um they the beatles always had this code like you know when they're recording in their studio it's kind of like nobody else is in there right Mm -hmm. i mean nobody right um and and then you know and then john brings another person into the group Mm -hmm. and for a while she kind of kept in the background um but they they kind of had this unwritten rule that like you know okay but she doesn't comment on the music right Mm -hmm. And there was one time where Jeff Emmerich said, like, she, Yoko Ono made a comment, like, oh, I think the vocals need to be a bit louder. I think, mm. <laughs> which I think is in Spinal Tap. Yeah. And, like, all, all of them just, like, freeze. Even John Lennon himself was like, Ooh. oh, my gosh, what yeah. did you just do? And he had to <laughs> escort her out of the room because it was like, Jeez. That was so sacred, like that. Right. That's their creation, and nobody right. gets to comment on it. Yeah. Nobody gets to comment on the Beatles' music. Uh-huh. Um, but so it's funny that she, you know she breaks in and starts giving like artistic advice to the <laughs> to the band because it was 
kind of foreboding, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. for for the for the creatives <laughs> to have a third partner in there. Yeah, in their group. Um, I know it. it so goes, yeah, I was, I was just thinking about the nature of that of the yeah the group dynamic, and when you're young, that's like such a part of your life. Mm-hmm. Whether it's sports or music or I don't know whatever. Yeah, I'm always amazed at bands that like get together in like <clears throat> like middle school or high school, and they're still together today. I'm like, how did they do that? Uh, you know, and um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. you know, it's not only like just the First of all, like, you know, to be a band of any renown or any, like, success is like winning the lottery, first of all, right? And then uh, add on top of that, you all just happen to go to the same school or live in the same town. uh, And on top of that, all were great musicians and all decided you wanted to do this for the rest of your life. Like, and then you managed to stay together through girlfriends or boyfriends and marriages yeah. and breakups and like it's no it doesn't seem crazy. possible it really doesn't <laughs> yeah no i mean it's no to have any longevity as, as a band for one is so rare right. to keep it intact yeah that's why i guess there's so few bands that do it because um, yeah. it's a it's an it's impossible almost to keep that kind of thing going yeah um especially as egos and things oh god get bigger and get in the way um <laughs> I was yeah. just read. I was just reading like the Cream Wikipedia page the other day. Just the band. <laughs> <laughs> talk about talk about a band full of egos. And, and yeah. oh, no wonder they, they only the... made a couple albums. <laughs> yeah, they they it's it's amazing they made one. Really, yeah. I mean, those guys. I know. I mean, <laughs> that's <laughs> I I I always sort of knew the story, right? Like they were supposed to be the cream of the crop and everything, and. Um, but I, I didn't realize that Ginger Baker and uh, Jack Bruce already hated each other before getting They together. knew each other beforehand, yes. I guess, I, Eric, I, Eric, they... I guess Eric Clapton said like to Ginger Baker, I think I want Jack yep. Bruce in the band. And Ginger Baker almost crashed the car he was driving when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> he Yeah, my, my understanding was, yes, that um, Ginger and Clapton wanted... To collaborate they wanted to make a group or album or something and then yeah. clapton said i'm only i would only work with jack bruce and ginger right. baker was before said the only basis in london i will not work with is jack bruce <laughs> but even he had to admit yeah he is the best yeah, but he's yeah. a total you know blankety blank and they yeah. did they hated each other like years before right. <laughs> they got together uh, and well. i think they did until they died yeah um, they, they i don't think they ever you know there was never reconciliation or anything it was yeah. just well they they work together you know that's weird right. to me <laughs> this is a side story about Spinal Tap but about mm. the three main actors in it mm-hmm. um, and actually I, I'm experiencing this proxy so I, <laughs> I'm retelling somebody else's story alright um, so when A Mighty Wind came out afterwards they did a tour mm-hmm. as A Mighty Wind and they came, mm-hmm. to, they came to Seattle and mm. I, I, I took my wife as a surprise to see it because we both mm. liked the movie so much mm-hmm. um, which was a Great. I mean, so all the cast of the movie was in. They were in the show. Oh, I wow. mean, so they did. They did that show live, That's and then they had amazing. little skits from different. I mean, everyone. I mean, name a character in that movie. They're in this little thing, even if they had just like 
yeah. a, few, a few moments uh-huh. um, <laughs> just to see Fred Willard yeah. in person was <laughs> enough thrill for me. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so they played it straight, meaning they played yeah. it for comedy. They didn't uh-huh. break. They did not break character, right, which, right. on a tangential note. I remember reading when Spinal Tap went on tour, a lot of people were confused who thought, well, they didn't know if it was like, are they joke? You know, like right. even people knew that Spinal Tap was a joke, mm-hmm. didn't know what how to respond. Is <laughs> It's like, do we respond to the show as if it's a rock concert or as if it's sketches, it's, right? It's because meta. they didn't break character for that either. Yeah. Um, so anyway, this is, this is my little, uh, story anyway um so <laughs> you remember the drummer for the band uh, the crushing death blows yes yes uh, no yes. one else listening so. will understand that but uh chris and i were <laughs> briefly in a a band together sort of a little cover band type thing and we had a, a guy and our yes. name was the crushing death blows so <laughs> a band named All right, so yes so um his dad was walking around Seattle. He's, mm-hmm. He works downtown. And he was on the corner, and he's like, he saw these three very familiar-looking guys, but no one was around them. No one was making a big deal. So uh-huh. he kind of walks up, and they're just, like, pointing out stuff and laughing and making jokes. And it was. It was Michael McKeon, Christopher Guest, and Harry Shear just uh-huh. walking around Seattle with, huh. like, no, no, no handlers, no nothing. And they yeah. were just, like you know, grabbing a cup of coffee before, before the show. And he even goes up and says, Hey, uh, have a good show tonight. And they're like, yeah, thanks. And that, <laughs> that's, that's, my, that's my anecdote. Oh man. That's, you know, I mean, but, first of all, I, I, you know, when I was a kid, I was like, Ooh, I want to be a famous musician, musician someday. But like, you know, yeah. and now as, as an adult, boy, I am so glad not to be famous, but uh, that might be a nice level of where you can still go out and do things, but then you also get to play a show in front of like, you know, a thousand, fifteen hundred people or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it would be, um, yeah, it's about the right level of fame where you're totally yeah. respected and you can, you make a living, you know, yeah. you're not like, you know, but, um, well, I think, um, <laughs> Chris Guest has been married to, um, Jamie, Jamie Lee, Lee Curtis, Curtis for like yeah. 30 for like 30 years or something like that. They have a, yeah. They met in 84, so, right? When this movie came out. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then Harry Shear had a pretty decent career still as a mm-hmm. voice actor for the Simpsons. Oh yeah. I know. <laughs> so, so he really does have like the, the perfect yeah. life, really spinal right. tap Skinner. <laughs> um. <laughs> uh. He's so funny. And, and like Michael McKeon, though, I, like before the movie came out, he was the only actor who I recognized because mm. he was on Laverne and Shirley as, as <laughs> not as Lenny. He was, oh, I can't remember. He was Lenny or Squiggy. I think uh-huh. he was Lenny in, okay. in that TV show. Mm. That, But that was the only person I recognized. Yeah. Um, which is really odd now in retrospect. So. <laughs> uh, I. I didn't want to spend too much time on this, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Um, Tony Hendra, who plays Ian Faith, the manager, um, mm-hmm. you know, and from National Lampoon and a bunch of other things. Um, uh, by the way, we we mentioned John Lennon a little while ago, and if you have never heard um, uh, 
<laughs> Tony Hendra for National Lampoon's oh, yeah. first yes. album, Radio Dinner. <laughs> There's a song, a parody of a John Lennon song called uh, Magical Misery Tour. And yes. it's basically <laughs> word for word John Lennon interview with, I think, Rolling Stone. And it is hysterical. And it's, it's Tony Hendra doing the John Lennon uh, impression. And it is one of the funniest things uh, I have ever heard. Uh, I have heard that by virtue of you who introduced oh. <laughs> me to it, and yeah. I, I will testify that it is uh, so as funny. funny as you yeah. are saying. Definitely a product of sort of the 60s, as we, you know, language is a little, we don't necessarily use as many words as are used in uh, that song, but anyway, as a historical record of uh, National Lampoon, it's, it's great. Um, I saw... Um, uh, Tony Hendricks tell a story on The Moth, uh, which is sort of a storytelling uh, yeah. live and also podcast. It's, it's, it's really good. Um, but he told a story about basically the night before the first day of shooting for Spinal Tap, um, mm-hmm. he almost killed himself. Um, he... Every, he, he says like a bunch of things were going really bad in his life and you know I won't get into it actually I really recommend the story you can google it yeah um, but he he credits this movie and this experience of doing this movie as being the thing that kind of brought him back because he was so right. at the end of his rope and on a bunch of different fronts and then he said you know the very last thing he did or wanted to do was show up and do a movie and he had never done improv before and and the first scene that they mm-hmm. shot was the one in the limo um and all oh, right yeah you know and and he did it and it went great and then they did another scene and another scene and then the day was over and he realized how much fun this was and how everyone involved was you know just really genius um yeah <laughs> yeah so anyway i i had never heard that before until no um, no um hearing him talk about it but I, I I mean, yeah. So like, day before he was almost done, and then uh, showed up and oh, that is, yeah. So that's a downer. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for hearing us this week. <laughs> Tune in. No, it, I mean, no, it's week. actually a very good story. But it is like, wow. I yeah, yeah that that backstory. And I did not. No, I had no idea. Yeah, yeah that that was part of <laughs> part of his. I know. His, I guess is yeah, like how that influenced his character or whatever. I guess. All right, Chris. So, do we think that this is Spinal Tap? Uh, <laughs> always important to use the correct title. Uh, and the um, and the umlaut and with the umlauts, yes. Does the 1984 "This Is Spinal Tap" uh, <laughs> did it save the world? Man, um, yeah. In this, <laughs> in um, in any comedy, it's it's kind of like, well, what's the <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what's the what's the grandiose theme here, uh-huh. right? So, and, 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 I was trying to think of a Saint Hubbins quote that I like where he talked about <laughs> is the end really the end, and it's just. Um, <laughs> oh God. I, I think all right. 
if I if the I think the only way to tackle this is not to necessarily take it as the story itself, which is yeah. you know it's a mock mockumentary, right? A rock mockumentary, which is <laughs> its own thing entirely. But just mm-hmm. the ability, any anything that can do a parody, I think is necessary because it yeah. does help us to keep. <laughs> Life is serious. I mean, yeah. there's, there's enough serious stuff. And then sometimes we get so caught up in our heads and our agendas and our sides uh-huh. that um, things like this balance us a little bit. So to be able not only to laugh, which I think to me, laughter itself is something that could save the world. Mm-hmm. But um, just the ability to be self-aware enough to poke fun of your, you know, your own <laughs> faults and foibles keeps us grounded and human. Yeah. Um, like it's only narcissists and people like that that really can't laugh or are funny. <laughs> I don't know a lot of funny narcissists. I mean, that's just the thing. Yeah. Um, they, Maybe they, Dane they, Cook. They only li- they only live for themselves. So right. to be able to yeah to, <laughs> to be able to enjoy just something that is for one it's it it is such it's hard for me to even find fault in this movie i was trying yeah. to think well what's wrong with this movie mm-hmm. what's what didn't work and it just it just clicks mm-hmm. and when you put everything into the like for one the songwriting and then <laughs> the fact that it's not it's not a script they're just mm-hmm. guys like playing off each other and 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 you know that somehow makes this thing work i yeah so i would say I would say it saves the world because it it does it like and one level it's just laughing but also just mm-hmm. to be able to um yeah just just <laughs> just to take take ourselves not not so intensely all the time I think is I think it's just needed. Yeah. I I totally agree and I I don't think I have anything different to say. I think I agree with everything there. I mean the we all treat, we all go through life with such self-importance, or at least, I don't know, I try not to, but, you know. We, yeah, we try not to, but it's, you can't help it in yeah, a way. I mean, yeah. of course you think what you're doing is important. Everybody does. You have uh, to to an extent. However. You know, every, <laughs> I feel like every time my wife and I have an argument, uh, like, in the moment, I'm so like, you just don't understand. And then, like, you know. A, d- a day or two right. later when we can actually come back and talk about it i'm like yeah okay yeah that was i was really dumb you know like but you know and, <laughs> and we do laugh about it you know we're able to kind of say like okay yeah oh and i was doing this and oh that was a ridiculous thing to say and you know that kind of thing so um maybe this movie is is saying that for the entire uh, genre of rock and roll <laughs> right which definitely needs to be <laughs> taken down a yeah <laughs> checked sometimes yeah. because it does you know, you hear these preposterous statements about, you know, big, you know, big things and big ideas, but yet at the at the core, you're just a band or you're right. just a a singer or whatever. That's there, what you do. I know. Like, yeah. there, I mean, so band, like, I'm not a hu- the hugest Pearl Jam fan, but I respect them and they've been around for a long time and they seem like they've sort of stayed kind of true to their stuff, but... And I, and I, you know, on the one hand, I appreciate the fact that they are like, they took on like Ticketmaster and all these like music publications, but there is the other part of me that's like, guys, I mean, you just like (laughs) five, six guys in a band, like, 
Yeah. Anyway, because <laughs> I'm I'm glad just they're doing yeah, it, just but tone also it down like, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> it is the self-importance, you know. That yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, of course, everyone's telling you all the time how great you are. Supposedly, right? Right. You're just surrounded mm-hmm. by people who do, so yeah. of course you think, yeah, that's all true, right? And right. Nobody tells you like, yeah, this isn't real. Right. <laughs> You're gonna just yeah. go. <laughs> you you live in this. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I think maybe especially how our world is today, at least mm-hmm. in our country, just people get in their own little media. Mm-hmm. capsules and have a hard time yeah like you just need to be jolted out of it sometimes you know i i don't think that's a bad thing well when when we say that when we see the day that uh <clears throat> when it was somebody who was immersed in posting QAnon uh conspiracy <laughs> memes on facebook when when they maybe pull up out of that and look back and say, ha I was so foolish. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll see some momentum, but I'm not holding my breath. All right, Chris, I have a, would you rather for you from this movie? Um, all right. You know, uh, last time I did one of these was for blind spotting and, and I thought that I, what I had done is given you an easy, <clears throat> an easy, would you rather the, the vegan burgers or the kale juice? And, in in reflecting on the would you rather that I have chosen for you today, I can only come to the conclusion that my goal is ultimately to torture you and make you as uncomfortable as possible. So, um, <laughs> I apologize <laughs> for today's Sweet. Spinal Tap. Would you rather? Yeah. Um, would you rather be uh, Derek Smalls? Walking through the metal detector at the airport and having to pull a tinfoil wrapped cucumber out of your pants and deal with that public humiliation. Or would you rather be a member of the audience when Spinal Tap Mark II plays their jazz odyssey? You have to listen to the entire thing. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I had fun coming All right, with this I'm one. I'm just going to go with my my gut here. Actually, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I would I I would rather be Derek Smalls going through the metal detector <laughs> than than listen to the jazz <laughs> free odyssey. <laughs> <laughs> we're saying up and sleep. He yells in the microphone. Derek Smalls in the bass. He wrote this. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! Like no, that is I. Uh, no, I cannot. Bad music is so painful to me yeah. that I would rather be humiliated <laughs> in an airport than to endure that. I'm serious. That I is. I believe you. Yeah, I stick by my answer. <laughs> Yeah. Well, here. So uh, I'm I'm going to agree with you. Not that it's my place to agree with you, but you know, the the, the older I get, the less things humiliate me, and the more my time is precious. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> exactly. Uh, okay, uh, Chris. So, what do we have next week? Yes, and I don't. I'm. I'm hoping you have not seen this movie, but oh. I have a feeling that you have. Okay. Um, and it's a movie I 
really love. And the theme is, and this does not happen to me very often, is movies that made me cry. Uh-huh. Um, Excellent. And <laughs> it's, um, and it, and for this movie, it wasn't just once. There are several uh-huh. instances where that happened. So uh-huh. it is from 2016. It's Hunt for the Wilder People. Are you familiar with it? I am familiar. I have not seen it. It's been on my list. That's yeah, awesome. Uh, Ta- Taike Watiti, uh-huh. um, who directed Jojo Rabbit, yeah. uh, What We Do in the Shadows, uh-huh. Ragnarok. Yep. Um, this is one of his classic masterpieces, and it is an awesome movie. And um, yes, it's it's <laughs> it was one of those movies that it you know. I don't know. It just um, there are parts in it that are just um, <laughs> yeah. It it it, um, mm-hmm. it made me tear up. I must yeah. admit. So, all right. Well, that's, that's awesome. What's, that's yeah. what's on the agenda. No, I've been meaning to see it for a long time and just haven't gotten around to it. So that's great. So I think you know what we're going to have to do is play like crying bingo or something like that somehow rank between the two of us (laughs) you know are they the same parts are they different parts who wins in the crying contest (laughs) yes that'll be that'll yeah that'll that'll be the cool the joy the fun awesome well that sounds super fun all right well folks thank you so much for listening again yet again another week um looking forward to the movie next week um chris thank you as always for the conversation and boy this one was sort of bouncing all over but i mean yeah this was a it was it was such it was fun but it was not it was it was it wasn't as i mean i guess i thought it no i never thought it'd be easy for this one (laughs) (laughs) yeah 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 all right well uh that'll be it for this week and uh until next week we will catch you later